0: to episode 54 of the Carrier's Edge podcast. I am Jane Rowie, co-founder of Carrier's Edge, and with me as always...
1: Mark Morrell, other co-founder of Carrier's Edge.
0: And what do we have to talk about today?
1: Well, we've got a handful of things to talk about. This being our... 54th? And whereabouts in the season, is it? Best fleets? It's our fall finale.
0: Oh, it's our fall finale. Oh, the fall finale.
1: <laughs> which I suggested as a label for this earlier in a meeting and Jane just bust up laughing for uh, some reason at the ridiculousness of that. our fall finale.
0: That. Well, it is because we're going to take a little bit of a break, but we're not going to be. This is not the end of our season, but we're taking a little bit of a break. I don't know why I thought it was so funny.
1: I don't know. I think the
0: whole idea of a fall finale is stupid.
1: Yeah, it's either a finale or it isn't.
0: Well, it's, and it just highlights how... Um, television production has just gone to, we're not even going to try and pretend to do a Christmas episode. We're just going to skip over Christmas altogether. Yes.
1: This phrase comes from TV where we have been disgusted by all of these shows, hyping their fall finales. Like it's some great big deal. And really all it means means is they're going on hiatus for a month. Yeah. Is that they really aren't doing very many episodes. And this is not even COVID related. This is before that.
0: Yeah. In the before times when we were young... Back in the day,
1: mm-hmm. we might have two weeks off for Christmas and they'd be back, but they yeah. didn't try and make a big deal out of it.
0: Yeah, they didn't. <laughs> yeah, they didn't emphasize their how they were going to st- stop early. We are now done for the holidays.
1: Yeah, they just put on their Festivus episode and that's it, <laughs> and then it goes back to normal in the new year.
0: Or they had it had a very special episode.
1: Oh, well, those were very different. Yeah, yeah
0: they were different. There are, so
1: this is not going to be a very special episode of the uh, podcast.
0: But it is going to be the fall finale. Yes. Because we're not coming back until, I don't know, January? January.
1: Yeah. So there we are.
0: So Merry Christmas. Yeah. And a Happy New Year. Season's greetings.
1: Yes. It is coming to the end of Are Hanukkah. we done now? Yeah. Are we done? Are we done? Can we be just... That's the end of the episode? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs>
0: yeah. And so long. It's been good. Okay. Okay.
1: No, we're going to talk about some actual stuff. All right. We're going to talk about the stuff that we would normally be talking about at the end of January, but we're talking about it early because we are all prepped for the Best Fleets announcement. Mm -hmm. Last episode, we had just finished. Well, we'd finished the interviews and it was the last day of driver surveys, so we didn't really have a lot of Best Fleet stuff to talk about. But in the intervening three weeks, we have gone through the grind week and a half
0: and we know who the top 20 are we've
1: gone through the grind of scoring everybody there was uh, 74 finalists Mm -hmm. which is not quite a record but pretty close and thankfully for us with this almost a record we had helped to score it so it didn't kill us as much as it did before that time two years ago we had 80 finalists and there was two of us scoring it i don't know how we survived that because we had 74 that we were doing and there was four of us going through it and still it was exhausting. It
0: was it was exhausting in a different way I think. You know, we were teaching people how to true. do it.
1: Very true. Yeah.
0: And we were also going through we were doing it a couple of times like when you and I just score it, we don't we're not checking everything so thoroughly. We
1: were not as diligent.
0: Well, no, we're diligent in a different. We do it differently when the two of us are by ourselves, because we sit across the kitchen table from one another and talk about it as we're doing it. So we'll come up with a, we'll come up with scoring, in you know, it will be an ongoing discussion, and we will talk about going back and rescoring or or doing whatever. But we do it in an ongoing basics basis, or we yell up. I you know we'll interrupt one another and, and go back over scores and that kind of thing. But in this case, can't do that because I only live with you. I don't live with anyone else. So um and we, we had have to have everybody get together. No, we and to. that was the that was what our strategy had been in previous years when people were new to scoring. They showed up at our house and we did scoring with them in that same uh in the same method where you you basically, as you're going through, you're talking about it. And so, I mean, we tried the first day, we tried it on like a massive zoom call, but that was we It was an experiment. Yeah. I mean, how do you do, I mean, this is kind of how it's been with best leads throughout the, all the years. And even with our company is that, okay, well, no one, I've never done this before. So how do we do it? Let's try this. Yeah. And then we realize what doesn't work and then we don't do it anymore. So we, um, but what we ended up doing is reviewing the scores every single time. And so we were scoring twice and explaining to people how it works. And we
1: did something else that has really worked uh, well for us. It was a little bit time consuming or certainly felt time consuming while it was happening. But I think ends up doing us much better in the future and over the long run, which is to pull out all of those answers into separate place. So people write all of these answers and they write it their own way. Sometimes they'll write very uh, floral poetry <laughs> for their answers. Sometimes they just sometimes it's bullets.
0: more lyrical than others.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they're trying to write their masterwork in each question and sometimes it's just very brief bullets. So what mm-hmm. we would do is have each person who was scoring it pull out that stuff, get to the heart of what they're actually saying, cut out all the marketing BS that they put in, even though we told them not to, and just keep what they're actually doing, and then put all of that into a spreadsheet. And then when you do that, and you can start to have all of the columns, as you go through the different uh, uh, responses, you start adding columns for new things that people are doing, and then you start tagging on things that you see everyone is doing. So this one particular column gets very busy, and then you have these other outlier type things. But it really makes it easy to see so where example, the averages are and where the outlier things are.
0: Well, so use an example. So, for example, like technology on the truck. So, if you have what would be the columns in that?
1: Okay, it's a couple of weeks ago, and I've kind of blocked it out of my mind. <laughs> uh, but I know, ah. Here's a good one. We had a question on uh, COVID um, pandemic supports. Right. So there was one column that was hazard pay. Like a lot of people ended up doing that. So giving their drivers some extra pay for a fixed period. Then there was a few things that people were, and I guess PPE is another one.
0: PPE would be the basic.
1: Hazard pay and PPE were the ones that most people were doing. Not everybody. There's some people that didn't do either of those, didn't do any of it. But there was, those were the kind of things that people, We're most commonly doing. So those columns got to be very full with everybody having those items in it. And then there was other things that were kind of different that maybe only one or two people were doing, but you still have to document those. And so with that process, you can get to a point where you see, okay, uh, in this group, maybe there's, we're breaking it up between the contractor fleets and the default, which is mix company and contractor. And maybe there's, I'm going to say there's, 55 people or 60 people that were 60 fleets that um, are in this one group and maybe 45 of them are doing this one thing. So that tells you that that's pretty much the baseline. That's the thing that is now the de facto standard in the industry. You know, not everybody's doing it. The
0: score of one.
1: Or it might be that's, yeah, there's a one, but the people that aren't even doing that are getting a zero. But it makes it very easy to sort of break that up. And as much as it's a headache to go through every question and try and pull it out like that, at the end of it, you've got a very clear definition of what your scoring criteria is. You've got very easy categories and it's very defensible. So when somebody comes back to you and says, why did I get a three on this when somebody else got a five or a four, you can say why? Because that happens. There's people that'll say, well, how come I only got a two on this? I think we're doing the same as these other people and they got a four.
0: Well, Here's and why. just to just to clarify, I've been doing that for a lot of years, yeah,
1: it was your idea.
0: I know that I kind of forgot about because when I started scoring, it just became just a jumble of everybody saying the same thing. And so I wanted to see what the difference was. And sometimes you would in your head, like you're going through and you're saying, "Well, no, this person is doing more than this and and then you start questioning whether, you know, which is important, which is the the thing that counts. So putting it out in a big list was the easiest way to do it. And now that I'm getting better at it, as you know, as you score over the years, you start to be able to do it in your head. You don't necessarily need for to write it down yeah. for some questions. Yeah. So I didn't even think of it this year because I wasn't really scoring that much. I was usually reviewing other people's scores and, um, So I had completely forgotten that I did it until you said, this is, you know, what about the stuff you used to do?
1: Well, what I found interesting is even when you go to those columns and sometimes it's a yes or no, they're doing it. Sometimes it's a, well, they're doing the basics and these other people are doing a lot. So it's maybe not a zero or a one, it's a one or a two or a 1.5 or a, a half or something like that. Even when you have all of that level of granularity, you go through all of them there's no very easy breakpoints. For most of these things, it is a very continuous score. So as you break them all up like this, you put it together uh, in each row, then you've got at the end, you've got sort of a tally for each company of the things they're doing and the assessed weight of each effort in all of those things. Then you sort of tally it up and then you sort it by the tally. So you can see who's doing the most at the top and who's doing the least at the bottom but there isn't sort of a very clear break point that there's a clump of great, a clump of mediocre, and a clump of very light. It's a very steady list yeah, all the way down. It's
0: much more of a gradient.
1: Yeah, so then you're in a situation where you got to look at it Is this a two say,
0: or a three? Yeah. Is this a three or a four?
1: And what's the middle? And yeah. sometimes there's people that aren't doing some of the basic stuff, but are doing some more elaborate things that are kind of uncommon. So you end up with... Well, if they were doing all of these, it would be a four, but because they're not doing some of these, they're a three. Uh, So, you know, and you can kind of say, well, this thing that they have that would normally just automatically give them a five, but they're minus a few other things that are pretty standard. So they get knocked down a point. So you're always doing this up and down and assessing it and trying to see what really makes sense and what you can kind of look at afterwards and say, okay, yeah, this is justifiable. And it is a challenge.
0: Well, the other thing that um, we had to do a lot this year, especially, and I was doing this a lot because um, we haven't done it. We've done it in other parts of the questionnaire. Like we did this a lot in opera, operations and human resources where we changed scores.
1: Oh, yeah. A lot this year. So,
0: Things that used to be out of two end up as being one to three or zero to three, and then you go to four and then you go to five. And that usually happens when people have started maturing in that particular area. So there's a lot more detail in what people are doing. It's a lot more, it's matured. It's, it's you know, it's more of a, it's harder to score is basically what it is. It's not a simplistic thing. So you know, a two and a three, what ends up happening is you have something out of three and then everybody's getting a three, except for some people who are getting ones and there's like two twos. And so you think, yeah, but this three is not really the same as this three, this person. I remember there was one, there was one question that I was doing where everybody, it was sort of a two and a three and it was like, yeah, okay. And then I saw somebody who was like, absolutely doing more than anyone else. And I thought, okay, this, I I got to give this a four, but now I have to make it all out of four. And so now I have to go back. Yeah. But actually in that particular question, I and mean, I can't even remember. I can't even remember what the question was. It was, um, uh, I, I didn't give very many fours. Hmm. It was, uh, I was, it, it was mostly three. So I think that at some point that is going to end up being a, a question we don't score anymore. Or yeah. it's going to end up that everybody, if you're, everybody's a three, like you, nobody is really standing out and everybody's getting the max we are all doing the same
1: thing. We yeah.
0: We it. have to stop and scoring. There was a it. few
1: that uh, we have scored traditionally that we stopped scoring this year that we went through and thought, yeah, there's really just nothing here. I remember one of them, I was looking at a question about what are people doing to uh, prevent payroll problems.
0: Oh yeah. That's done.
1: And yeah. And it was like, man, there's really, there's, there are differences people that are doing different things, but it's really hard to say that one is better than the other. They're just different. They're accomplishing the same objective in different ways. So really you can't reasonably score them.
0: Well, it was a good question. Um, and it was suggested by one of the top 20 or one of not the top 20 for, I'm trying to think of which years they've been top 20. Um, but they've been multiple years,
1: part of the community.
0: Yes. That's a good way to put it. But anyway, challenger Motifreight. um, suggested this one, I believe, because they had gone through a whole process where they were trying to to clean up their payroll. And they thought, so that people, so that drivers didn't, you know, weren't missing any or weren't getting errors and things like that. They were trying to minimize the number of errors. And so they asked us, you know, do you ask about this? And, and we thought, no. And so we, we thought, okay, well, let's see what's out there. And and at the beginning, it was really a lot of people just um kind of writing a check and hope hoping for the best,
1: yeah, and you can complain after,
0: yeah. And then you know, you can always come and talk to payroll, but that has matured so much where everybody is now has got online payroll, and you you know people can see what they're getting, and there's you know if there's questions that you need you can see beforehand so that you can fix things before you actually get paid. So there's really nothing to score. Everybody's doing the same thing.
1: And with the ubiquity of online payment systems, like you're talking about, whether it's ADP or QuickBooks or whatever, they're all doing the same thing. They all provide pay stubs in advance so people can see what's going to happen. Yeah. So nothing and really that, to score. And there. that is
0: more, I think is more a, a maturing of the services that are available. Mm-hmm. You know, so ADP and... and all of the people who provide online payment for you know employee payroll stuff, I mean, they have managed to figure out how to help small businesses better mm-hmm. than than they were helping. So,
1: well, that raises another point where it's not fair to score situations that only large companies can provide. So, with was a few never it options, was never
0: uh, just large companies. No, in that
1: particular case. Uh, that was never just uh, small or large companies. But if we're going through and the only people that are getting good scores are the big companies, then we have to adjust the scoring right, or make that's stop. that's not fair. With the exception, I think, of simulators, which have got to the point where they're pretty accessible, but at the same time, it's enough of a benefit that if somebody is doing it, we do kind of have to recognize it. Or if somebody's got a really fancy terminal. We do have to kind of recognize that. So we try to balance that, not penalizing the small companies for being small, but at the same time recognize that there are certain things that are just better for drivers if the company has them. So that is the, uh, the scoring adventure that we have every year. And it was, uh, it was as stressful as it always is. So now You're, it's a you, couple of weeks in the distance, you, so I can talk about it oh reasonably. Oh my God,
0: Mark, you are the most stressed out and absolutely nothing is happening to be stressed out about. But as soon as we're done with the driver surveys, you start being mm-hmm. stressed, can't sleep, no, no, constantly agitated, times. it always constantly seems like asking me how long things are going to take, yeah. and it's like we have time.
1: It always seems like this monumental task to get the stuff scored and get it all taken Everybody care of. Everybody
0: else see, was fine.
1: No, the <laughs> two people who were teachers were fine. The teachers who are used to scoring a ton of exams and final tests and all of this other stuff. Yeah, you teachers are fine. It's us non teachers that look at this mountain. There was something, what it, I add up it was over four thousand responses that we had to score in a week. Like that's sounds like a pretty big job.
0: Yeah. But there's four people w- Oh, so only a thousand five days. responses. Yeah, over five days. Yeah. That's two hundred and fifty responses each. That's not that huge. Yeah.
1: It was, it's a big job. It is a big
0: job, but it's not monolithic. It's not like, it's not like we've ever even come close to not figuring out the top 20. Uh,
1: Two years ago, when we had our record number of finalists and it was just you and me doing it, it took us two full weeks to get through it. And Really?
0: Did it? I don't remember That's
1: when I started to get really stressed um, because I was thinking, oh my God, are we even going to get it in on time? And we were right to the wire on that one. Like we had even to have, then,
0: I don't remember being super stressed.
1: We had to have the details to the TCA like on a Monday, or was like the and absolute deadline it. was a Monday. And we uh, got it
0: Sunday night or no, Monday no, we morning. Did it,
1: we did it Monday, <laughs> and the first teaser was going on the Tuesday, like the next day. So we just got it on time, and then from there it was like, okay, we can do this, but I'm I get nervous about it every time. So, but that's also about wanting to make sure we do it right. Mm -hmm. And we're taking our time to go through it and make sure that we're not missing anything or misinterpreting anything that people say. So it's a, I don't mind being stressed for a week and a half or two weeks every year. Oh,
0: you don't mind. You're not fun. You're not fun to be around. Well,
1: once in a while I can be the one who's
0: stressed. Oh, poor baby. I'm getting the eyebrow now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She opened this can of worms. (laughs)
0: Okay, and yeah, then after
1: all of that, like TCA goes and changes the date of their I convention. <laughs> Here we are killing ourselves to get these things to them for the end of January. And then they go and move the thing back to April.
0: Yeah. That was, uh, I don't know. That was it, not that was not yeah, fun. I don't, have, I don't have any thoughts on that really. But yes, Best, Best Fleet scoring is done.
1: Well, I have some other related thoughts oh. on that because not on the convention, on oh. the scoring side of it. Because one of the other things that's happened in this time is we've actually learned a little bit more about a variety of other evaluation programs, recognition programs, and has made me feel really good about the way we do our thing. So I have talked to some people about some safety award programs, the evaluation process there. We were both on a call, was that last week? I think it was only last week, yep. with somebody who has done a lot of diversity recognition programs and had questions about what we're doing with WIT, the diversity and inclusion index and how we're going to evaluate it. And after hearing how they evaluate all of these different programs, number one, I'm kind of horrified by how lax a lot of those programs are. And number two, I felt really good about what we're doing. Like some of these diversity recognition programs, it's a a lengthy questionnaire. And there's one of them that was a few hundred questions or something like that, but there's no follow-up interview like it's just it's
0: just a questionnaire do a
1: submission yeah you know, there's a couple couple of programs that you know, we have heard information on people have talked about the evaluation process and just essentially write a marketing program write marketing around what you do and submit it and as long as it's this duration it counts i'm like well how is that an objective evaluation and especially some of these ones that don't share how they evaluate afterwards.
0: I don't think anybody really shares how they evaluate. I
1: think we're the only ones who will say, this is how we scored it. This is what got top marks and this is what got lower marks and Mm -hmm. this is what changed them this year. And if you want to do well, here's who to look at. Here's why this particular company was on the top 20. Here's why this particular company was an overall winner. I can't believe that nobody else is doing that. How are you going to get better if you're not sharing the things that make people winners
0: well that's a big difference in between our program and other programs programs that are like um award programs are not necessarily created or designed to help people share best practices yeah that's not what they're intended to do that's a totally different i mean what they're intended to do is give out an award that's it and I would say 95% of award programs are really only designed to do that. You don't know. Who benefits know from that? The people who win the award.
1: And that's it. That's and I it. guess the people who give out the award that can look like they're yeah. big deals giving out awards.
0: But don't forget, we never, we actually didn't think of giving out an award when we thought of this program. Yeah, that's true. That was not our, our thing was, uh, we're going to share best practices because we thought that the best practices and human resources were sadly lacking. So how do you improve it? Well, you do this and we were going to do it more of as a survey Mm -hmm. rather than an award program. It was Debbie sparks, I believe who said, you know, we need to give out an award and who is now working with us in the diversity and inclusion project. So, you know, award things are not for you to learn from people they are you are to just admire them, and that's what I like about ours is that it's Best Fleets has a lot of input from a lot of different people. I like that about it, you know. So we're hearing from executive, possibly mid management, um, the drivers. Like there's a lot of people who are involved in that whole process. So it's really the whole company. And then not only that, but we're saying. You know, this is really cool. This is really cool. This is what you should, you know, what you can work towards. It gives people goalposts for, you know, how to get better, how to become a better company. And, you know, I don't remember any other award programs ever sort of, I mean, like some of them do, you know. So if you look at the Fortune um, best companies to work for, they t- they'll they give you like a summary or, or it'll be one article about
1: well, and what, that's what like Google those things. is doing. But the summary, at, at least in that case, they're giving you something. That, that's a good example because it was one of the things that was inspiration for us to do the Best Fleets program. But they will say, here are the people and they're ranked, mm-hmm. and here's our methodology. Here's how we evaluate it. It's in the fine print, but w- they do share mm-hmm. that information so you can see how they're evaluating them. And they do give you at least one tidbit about each company. And a handful of them, maybe a dozen of that top 100, they'll actually do a profile on and show you in detail the things that they're doing. That I have respect for. A lot of the things that they do in their little blurb for a lot of the companies are pretty basic. Like, you know, they highlight that you give free parking to people at your head office or something, which doesn't really seem special to me, but they're at least saying something. These other awards that we are talking about that don't do any of that even yeah, I, I guess I didn't realize that they were not about improving the status quo and about improving the situation. And I have a whole lot less respect for them now. That's my problem.
0: Well, I mean, it, it's, yeah, I don't really have a lot to say about that. I kind of agree. I think that the sharing of best practices, the sharing of that data is one of the most important components. And that's, you know, if you don't do that, nobody's getting better. Mm-hmm. You know, at least. With us, we're putting out the information. And if you ask us, we'll give you the information. Yep. But if you don't have it on offer, then nobody benefits. But then again, awards programs are not necessarily to benefit to benefit everybody. They're there to benefit just a few.
1: Yeah. So our program is going to continue to work the way it has, where it mm-hmm. is going to be focused on sharing the information. And we're going to do exactly the same thing with the diversity and inclusion index. It's yep. going to be about capturing what's working and sharing it. Somehow we'll recognize people that are doing very well in that area. We're not really sure yet what that's going to look like, but there will be some kind of recognition or categories or something. But it's going to be about sharing information. And when people get recognized, it is going to be very clear why they're on that list, what they're doing, Mm -hmm. and how other people can get on there as well. It's
0: not going to be like the Oscars where you're like, how did that even be a thing?
1: Well, at least the Oscars, I understand. They're picking specific stuff and it is kind of crowdsourcing winners
0: uh, it is, well the problem with the oscars is that it's like what you talked about it's the black box of like how did they pick that because yeah. there's always and th- and there's all of these experts who always say okay you know we think this is going to be the winner because of this this and this and then it's somebody else and you don't yeah. know why true and or you know there's all of these movies that no one's ever watched because they're very very you know high art films or foreign films or something like that and they may be good movies but you know, you have no idea why they're just the best. So I don't want to have that happen where people are looking at the best fleets and going, well, I don't know why they're on there. I know there's a lot of people who do that, but yeah, we certainly usually there are have people a reason that do that.
1: But if anybody asks or actually looks at the results book, they can see why.
0: Yes, we have a results book.
1: Yeah, we break out all the details. I and think you-, you should do that for every award. I would love to see that yes. for every award. Give us the results book that shows. <laughs> What made these people How you made that decision. I know. That'll never happen.
0: No, it's never going to happen. It's only us who give ourselves a whole lot of work.
1: Yeah. But it's been very uh, informational. It's been very enlightening for me to have these conversations and talk to people and look at what's happening with these other programs. I mean, we don't have formal education or expertise in this area. We just did this because we thought, well, this is going to be the better way to get the information out there. And we keep refining it each year. And there's new things that we score, like we talked about, some things that we stop. And we keep refining the process every year when we look at what worked and what didn't work. And over time, it seems like we've developed a methodology that actually is pretty robust compared to people that are, in some of these organizations, are doing this stuff all the time. That's their whole business is doing these kind of recognition programs. And I look at it and it's so lazy. It's just basically an online survey of employees. Well, everybody could fudge that.
0: Yeah, I don't think... Uh, just having the whole uh, questionnaire part and then the follow-up interview where you basically have to be... You have to talk about your answers. Yeah. that's a That makes a big difference because people's questionnaires and in their interviews can really come up with, like, some people's questionnaires are just terrible. And I read them and think, oh, God, I don't I don't even know what I'm going to talk to them about. And then you get this alternate universe mm-hmm. story that has nothing to do with the questions. And you're like, well, why didn't you say that? And they say, I don't know. And then the next year, they do better. But those are always the, the craziest interviews that I do where I'm like, oh my God, you have a great story, but you did not write it down at all.
1: Or sometimes they have a great story in their questionnaire and you ask them about it and it comes out that, well, they're really just getting started. Yeah. And they've only got about 4% of their staff doing it. It's like, uh, okay. Yeah. We'll I talk to you next year. Hard. Yeah.
0: It's a great idea, but it's not a but thing yeah, yet. The
1: combination of those two seems to be unique. I, I didn't see that in any of the other programs that we learned about. There was like five different recognition programs and one safety uh, award program and none of them seemed to have a combination of questionnaire and interview.
0: Well, interviews are hard. I yeah. mean, those are those are rough. Yep. They're I mean, they're not rough. Like talking to people is not a difficult task, but when you talk to when you don't know people and you're talking to them and you're trying to get all this information out of them and it takes a couple of hours. It it's really hard to do multiple ones over a series of days or even weeks because it's not your your normal job, and I know that there are people who do that as their normal job, but uh, I think it would be tiring. Anyway, it just takes sucks so much energy out of me because I'm putting so much energy into the conversation. You're trying to make people feel comfortable to um to talk to you. So it's like you're hosting a party mm-hmm. <laughs> and like you're hosting all of these hour and a half parties for all of these different, you know, entities that you don't really know. And because we did a lot of the new, the first time best fleets, yeah. those are always tougher because you don't know well, them. A
1: little bit like what the uh, professional interrogators talk about how their objective is to make people feel comfortable. So they open up because when you get on that call with them by default, they're kind of nervous. They yeah. want to do well. They want to put their best foot forward and give you everything. But because they're nervous, they can't. You know, They can't really give you the real picture of what it's like working there. So we have to make them comfortable somehow, get them to relax and get them to open up and start talking about the things they're doing. But we also have to keep them on track so they don't go too far down <laughs> down the rabbit hole with all of their crazy stories and this one time we did this. And like they're going to go by default to the things that they think about that jump out to them as being important. But we know that a lot of times that's not what's special about them.
0: Yeah. The number of times where we've discovered things just in passing that they're not even considering as a really cool thing. And we go, wait, stop, hold it right there. That's a cool thing. Why didn't you write it down? Like, why didn't you include it? And they go, really? Yeah,
1: they just want oh. to talk about how their, their president barbecues in the summer. Yeah. like that's Every president
0: not barbecues in yeah. the summer. He just so. wants a free lunch. <laughs> or he wants a break from sitting at the desk.
1: Yeah, he wants an excuse to go outside. Yeah. So, yeah, tell us about all of these other weirdo things that nobody is doing.
0: Well, they often think that they everybody's doing it. That's yeah. the other thing that's always interesting is I'll say, wow, I've never heard that before. Because I will always tell people when I hear something new that, you know, that's really original. I've never heard it. And no other company seems to be doing that. And and the response is always, really? Huh. I did not know that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I always find that fascinating. Yeah, there's a real lack of self-awareness, even amongst the ones that have been in it a few times. Like some of the ones that have been in this for six or eight or ten years they're starting to have a good sense of themselves by going yeah. through this process. And I think that gives them a bit of a leg up.
0: And they send us stuff. <laughs> like they just send us every once in a while. We just get messages from this thing. And yeah, we're doing this. Yeah. You're like, best fleets is over. Yeah. <laughs> Don't Save tell it for me. your yeah.
1: questionnaire next year. But they start to have a good sense of what is different about them. Yes. After a couple of years of us saying that's different. You know, nobody else is doing that. And then you get sort of the newer people that haven't gone through that yet. And they really, in a lot of cases, don't understand what it is that makes them different until they go through that with us of you saying, hang on, no one's doing that. Tell me more about it. Mm -hmm. Or yeah, 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 everybody's doing this thing that you think is special and you're doing it the same way that everybody's doing. And it turns out that a lot of times they got the idea from their insurance captive or their benchmarking group or something. So they shouldn't really think it's that special. It might just be new for them. So it's a big deal. But the things that they are doing that are really unique are often things they've been doing for a long time. And it's just kind of how it is.
0: They've just forgotten that it's a unique thing. But I just wanted to mention a couple of things that, um, surprisingly were, were original 10 years ago and are like, almost to the point of not scoring anymore. Sure. Employee engagements or ex- expectation exchanges. Mm. Everybody's doing ex- expectation exchanges now. Oh, good. Everybody. Like I scored that. Oh, did I score that question? I just the onboarding question. Yeah. And that used to be an outlier. Like mm. nobody did it. And it was just MCS that was doing, mm-hmm. you know, their meeting with John Fritzis at the end and you have the expert. Uh, you know, the exchange of expectations. And we start. so we had it scored so that if you had before, if you had expectations exchanges, that was really good. That was like the highest thing because not everybody was doing Mm -hmm. it. So I had to actually change, reverse the scoring Mm. because everybody was doing expectation exchanges. And I was trying to score it as a high. So I went through and tried doing it as the three and, and then I realized everybody was getting a three and then I had to go back through and realize that I had to actually flip it. It was very bizarre. There it was
1: w- one question that I went through with Tiffany where we had to do that, where what had been the three point score became the two point because everybody was doing it. And this other thing that had been the two point score, hardly anybody was doing. So that became more significant.
0: And it was, it was weird. And I can't remember which particular question it was where, something that seemed less important actually became more important. Mm. Like it wasn't, it was the same thing, but it was being done in a different way. And so it actually had more impact. I can't remember which one it was or what specifically it was, but it was kind of strange this year. And like I said about the maturing process, it's, it's almost like trucking is when a lot of these sections that we taught, we ask questions about, they're figuring themselves out.
1: Yeah. No, that's nice.
0: And maybe we won't be any use anymore. <laughs> maybe we well, can just stop doing best There weights. are
1: still things, there are questions that I started scoring again that we hadn't scored in the past few years because there is starting to be some new stuff happening. We had some new questions this year that uh, I was true. working on scoring. So the question about, obviously a question about pandemic, mm-hmm. no point in having that in the past, but looking at what people did there, and that uh, yielded some interesting information. We ended up scoring it out of three or four, I think, which we had no idea what we were going to score it out of and what was going to be uh, new or what was going to be the big deal versus the common stuff. So that will yield some interesting articles, I think, as we uh, get to the point where we can start sharing more of the details And then we also added in the question about cybersecurity and what people are doing about that. Yes. Not really impressive answers on that one. (laughs) Sadly, lacking in that area. So for listeners, I will say again, please put people through cybersecurity training. Stop advertising that you're ripe for hacking.
0: Yes, this is true.
1: Yeah, nuts.
0: Because the hacking is getting, like it's on a, people are trying desperately now. We're getting like, Six phone calls a day from whoever it is that we don't answer the phone for. I'm getting it in fake voicemail. I'm getting like, oh yeah, all kinds of fake, fake documents. Fake. Oh my god, it's just it's just every single day. It seems to multiply. Yeah. So, and it's the for me, it's the attachments and the attachments mm-hmm. as voicemail and yeah.
1: lots of those things coming. So yeah. it's getting worse. And, it's uh, not
0: yeah, it's not getting better.
1: We'll definitely be talking about that as well when we get to doing speeches and writing articles and things. but we are at that point now where we've got our top 20 and we're getting ready to announce it. We are. So uh, before our next podcast, that will be out. January 6th is going to be the big announcement of the top 20 and the fleets to watch for. Uh, Tom, Tom, Tom. Yeah, 2021. And then we will be, making everybody sit on their hands for three months. months, three months and a week or two weeks until the convention when the overall winners are announced. And at that point it may be, maybe virtual. It may be physical. Who knows? They're claiming and planning to do a physical one, still prepping for that. I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen. Even with vaccines starting to go out, I don't see how there's going to be enough people vaccinated that it's, save to cram a 1,000 people into a room in Las Vegas.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, the Canadian government's talking about September before everybody's vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah, I saw today 50% vaccinated by end of June.
0: Yeah, that's so, not...
1: Yeah, that's not everybody get together in April. So
0: No, and I don't know what it's going to be like for the U.S. either. They have more people. Yep. And I mean, they have more... Um,
1: and they don't have a healthcare system to distribute it and manage it. They got all this separate insurance stuff. So who knows what's going to happen?
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, it's good. It's good that uh, you know it's out and that it's starting to come out. It's, mm-hmm. but it is still. Yeah, we've still got a still lot of months of ahead confi- of us. Yeah, yeah, and we've just come out of a two-week, quarantine. Well, not us, but a member of our ho- household.
1: Oh, a self-isolation. Yeah, we had yeah. a
0: self-isolation incident. So. Which is,
1: I think, as close as we've come to actual COVID. Yeah. We had our kid who was working at a fast food place and a co-worker tested positive, And because they happened to have a shift that overlapped and our daughter waved to this person from across the room, that was the extent of them Her seeing Her contact, and shooting, yeah. Uh, and the other person... Uh, had their back turned but still you got uh, you got an overlapping shift you got to go into self isolation for 2 weeks and get a test yeah so she got a test it was negative she still had to do the self isolation so it ended yesterday and of course for the entire time i've had a sore throat well i've had a sore <laughs> throat like for 3 months actually yeah. no i don't think i've stopped having a sore throat since march
0: yeah, and my throat has has mostly been sore. Yeah, and, and part of
1: it I know is that my glasses are bad and I keep straining my neck every time I'm looking at my monitor. But still, like every day, every time I see the news, the throat gets a little more sore.
0: Yeah. It's so it's good. funny
1: how it wakes up and it's perfectly fine every morning. <laughs> <I know. And laughs> That's by noon, by noon I've got the COVID <laughs> again.
0: All righty, what else is on tap?
1: Well, since we wrapped up scoring a few weeks ago, what have we been up to? You have been cranking out the courses.
0: I have. uh, We have a safety committee course for the U.S. that uh, has gone live. Um, Very nice. What else have we done? We've had a couple (laughs) of French courses.
1: Okay, maybe you haven't been cranking out the courses. feels like you haven't. You were doing updates and things.
0: Yeah, it's hard to tell. Drat! I can't remember now. I have to. I'd have to go and look and see what I've released in the last little while. But we've done a number. We've uh, released a number of French titles of security awareness. I may have talked about that earlier. Um, But we are working on a uh, short haul hours of service course, which is. Um, it's in the storyboard stage, so it's probably going to be out beginning of January. We're working on preventing illness that will be going out shortly. Um, and that
1: one you're hoping to have out this week, right?
0: Yeah, it's it's
1: before Christmas. Is your it's aim. either
0: going to be this week or next week? So, it, it depends on how quickly the audio comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have had, and I. What's the other one? And we're working on the revamp of drug and alcohol that's back on. So I'm hoping that that's going to be probably February. Winter.
1: Yeah, Winter time. Yeah. Right?
0: Very nice. So, yeah. And then we are going to have the French version of fatigue will be coming out probably in the next three weeks. And I have a French, I have translation or I have, um, yeah, I have translation for our border crossing course. Hmm. So we can get that out in the next couple of months. What about
1: uh, Spanish for the new hours of service stuff?
0: Yeah, I got a, there were some changes to what we released. So I have to get the changes translated and then we can probably get that out in the next three weeks or so. So the end of January, that'll be out. Nice. Yeah, there's a lot of, what ends up happening with course development is that a whole bunch of things will get it released. And then it's going to be up in the air for about another two months. And then it sort of sorts itself out as to what is getting ready. And then then it gets into the lineup. So like the jumble goes into the air, then it lines up and then it gets released. So there's a lot of like in three months, there's a lot of nothing, 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 five things. Now in my department, we all know what's going on. It's just trying to communicate it is difficult because it's like, oh, this is in this phase and this is in this phase. And then you guys don't care. You just care about when the courses are going to come out. I might be waiting for translation. I might be waiting for audio. I might be waiting for, you know, a a customer review. I might be waiting. I might be held up because I'm reviewing it. And all of these things are very boring. Really, you just want to know what we're starting and what's being released. Is it out yet? Yeah. Is it out yet? Yeah. And I, you know, I'm on a three month cycle with all these things.
1: Mm. All right. Well, there's good stuff coming.
0: It is. There is. And I'm trying to get, uh, you know, sexual harassment. I would like to get uh, uh, the California rules. I'd like to get that banged out Mm -hmm. in the next um, three months or four months. So there's going to be a number of other courses. As we get more head count, there's going to be another uh, more courses that are, coming down the line nice so the things that people have there have been a lot of requests for i'm going to try and get those done
1: okay very nice
0: yeah so the 160 the 160 course the short haul course is going to be good i also want to have it a short haul version for the u.s Mm -hmm. so once we get the the canadian version done um we can it won't be difficult to get the u.s one done because they're very similar
1: okay well On the platform side, we finally (gasps) hit a milestone and released the updated mobile app.
0: Probably won't look any different to anybody, but...
1: Well, it will because it finally has the new logo, which is one of the things we've been sitting on. I've been looking at that stupid old app with the old logo on it. Uh, So the Android app went to the Google Play Store today, finally, after many months, and... uh, yeah, it's not a lot different in terms of how it works. It's the same basic stuff. It's completely rebuilt under the hood, though, which will make it easier for us to integrate with different people and to provide more features and things down the road. So that's been a big project that I'm very happy to get to the end of. The iOS version is going to be a few more weeks, but it's coming as well. So cool. Uh, Android is the big one since we've got more Customers using it, and more partners that have Android devices of their own that they want to have their own build for. So that is uh, is really nice. And we have the first initial, not even a 1.0, but kind of a, I guess a, yeah, 0.8 version of our dashcam integration built. Passed impressive. off to Velocitor for testing. Velocitor is going to be the first implementation partner where we're going to be taking their data, their dash cam data and using it to, uh, have some rules established to assign content based on different activities. And I am not a fan of auto assigning training based on dashcam events, but I do recognize that there are thresholds and people should be able to define those thresholds within their company and then have the system automatically manage that for them. So first version of that is coming. It's, uh, or it is in testing now, so it should be out soon. And these are big things that we're very excited about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I think uh, that's all that's been happening. The biggest thing that's going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks is the uh, the Best Fleets announcement just after Christmas. And I think at that point, we can pretty much wrap it up.
0: Sounds like a plan.
1: All right. Have a good holiday, everybody.
0: <laughs> like an HAU. <laughs> holiday? I hadn't thought of that.
1: Happy hauling, everybody.
0: (laughs) Have a great Christmas and we'll see you in the new year.